Hi guys, it's Editing M here. So we had so much fun interviewing Mistress Augustina that we had to cut our episode into two parts. You might notice that the intro and the outro are recycled, but we figured since you're so awesome, you wouldn't mind. So without further ado, enjoy the second part of our interview with Mistress Augustina. And we're back at it again. So I'm M. And I am D. And we are La Petite Mort, where we talk about everything taboo between sex and death and everything in between. And today... Today is the day that we have a really fun guest. We have Mistress Augustina. Yay, say hi. Hello. Hello. We're so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Okay. And so if you are not wanting something that someone was doing for you or they were triggering you, even by their words, like people can trigger you with their words or what they're saying about you or your body. How would you like... And curb that behavior. Curb that. Yeah. How would you like... Um, I actually love that question because I think that that isn't something that is often talked about is dominance having limits or being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that also is a distinction between being a sex worker as a pro-dominant and also being a lifestyle dom. Obviously, as a lifestyle dom, you have a lot more control over the people that you're interacting with. Yes. And I'm not necessarily saying that I don't have control over the people that I interact with because I do reject people. However, I mean, as a pro-dominant, um... I am meeting people that I haven't met before. Yes. Um, and I have had experiences where, for example, people have come in. I had I had one gentleman that came in. He wanted this, like, kind of innocent schoolgirl that goes mean, kind of role play, great, love that shit. Um, and somewhere during it, he, like, kind of, like, lightly spanked me. And I was like, you don't get to do that. And he laughed. And that was my point where I was like, you can fucking leave. Yep. And yeah. he was actually like, what? And I was like, Put your clothes on. Get the fuck out. Like, I... Yeah. You know, that kind of... So there, there is definitely that kind of stuff. And that also... Um, but it's interesting because I think that as a dominatrix, we do get a little bit more control over our limits. But also oftentimes as women, we are still in a position where we have to enforce them. I was just um, going to say, how do you tell, like, I'm just, because I've been in yeah. this situation before, how the fuck do you get a grown man out of your apartment? <laughs> like, or out of your space? You're in a dungeon, right? So you book the space and you, oh, you the book the time. space somewhere else. Not, it's, right? not, it's never in your house, right? No, it is not in my house. Okay. Um, which is a conscious decision. For yes, of course. One, yeah, for safety. Honestly, also, as a pro-dominatrix, it doesn't mean that you don't have clients that are dangerous. Yes. Um, not super gonna go into it but like i've been assaulted by a client being a dominatrix did not protect me from that okay right and so um i think that personally i am also i'm honestly very aggressive i'm also very tall especially in heels like i'm five eight barefoot Uh, and i have a very very loud voice and a very strong personality and i think that that has protected me significantly um, generally speaking, I haven't had that many bad experiences with clients that just kind of show up. Yep. Um, in part because I think that a huge part, and especially if you are starting in sex work, always trust your gut. Always trust your gut. Every time I haven't trusted my gut, that's exactly when I get 
fucked over. Okay. Um, you know, and there are screening procedures and all that kind of stuff, but especially as a woman, like most, you know, like I think half of women are murdered by their husbands or exes yes. or boyfriends, yeah. right? So there is no magic murder shield, no matter how much you screen, no matter how much you try, no matter how much protection that you might have, there is no magic murder shield. Yeah. And I'm saying that very starkly because as a sex worker, you are in danger. That yeah. is part of the stigma that, that we have to, and that is also part of why we get paid so much is because we have to constantly deal with that shit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but personally, like, I have had an experience where, like, like the dude that kind of tried to spank me a little bit, yeah. he just because I was like, get it. And he just looked at me and he was like, well, and, like, clearly he wasn't about to have the experience that he had paid for, so he yeah. was just like, okay, I'm, I'm out. I did have another situation where, um, I had a client show up for a session, and I could just immediately tell this guy scared me. Like, you know, you know, psychopath look. Yeah, oh, that. Fuck. And um, asked a bunch of inappropriate questions, and just like made me very uncomfortable. When he looked, yeah. and it was a one-hour session, and I was like, he's here. I was like, I don't want to kick him out. I'm just gonna do this. And this is honestly something that happens as a dominatrix, and I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people that want to be a dominatrix don't necessarily think that this shit can happen to you, and it can. Yeah. And uh, you know, he. It was fine, like, he left, and he tried to rebook me, and I was kind of like, no, and then he started creating um, alternative emails to try and book me from, and I was like, this is also part of it, is that men will do this, and you have to, unfortunately, you shouldn't have to, but you have to be smart enough to fucking figure that out. Yeah. And I did figure it out, and I was like, you are no longer welcome to ever contact me again, like, this is, it's sketchy that you didn't take no as an answer, like, that concerns me kind of thing right yeah 100 year go by like year year and a half um books me again and for whatever reason i'm not exactly sure how he made it through my screening um but he did and he showed up at the door and i just opened the door and i was like have you seen me before and he was like no i don't think so and i was like really because i saw you two years at miss dungeon you and be like hey Thank well, God you recognize me. I'm a six foot man. That's twice my weight, you know, and all like, right? And so that's that. That is part of it. Is yeah. that um, there aren't many experiences, but and the community does tend to protect itself. Good. Yeah. Um, but you do have to be strong enough to, and I hate to say this because I don't want to anyone to think who has been hurt or assaulted that they're not strong enough you have to be strong enough to fucking make sure that doesn't happen to you yeah and i'm saying that as a woman that has been assaulted so i'm not in any way 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 trying to say like if you didn't stop that from happening it's your fault because like that is not in any way what i'm trying to say yeah um because if anybody ever said to me i'd probably fucking stab them I would have said that and then I was like you should have protected yourself better I'd be like you need to die <laughs> so like go cool. fuck yourself and then die yeah, yeah go yeah, fuck yeah. yourself right and that's what I mean like I'm not in any way trying to put that as a victim blaming mentality but I am trying to frame it as like when you enter this industry you need to be ready to stop someone <laughs> like, yourself, I, and I don't want right? to say it that violently but like I'm just saying in that yeah <laughs> You have to have boundaries, you have to know what they are, and you have to be able to enforce them. And this is also where I want to shout out to my survival sex workers 
who maybe don't have that opportunity and that possibility and you know they deserve to be protected just as much and unfortunately i think that a lot of predators do tend to go after people that they see need money and that is also something that i will say that i think i've been relatively lucky is that i can say no to people yeah you know and that is privilege that is absolute privilege um and also i think as a dominatrix i also it's a lot easier for me to say fuck you like and and again not my profession is not built off being rude it's really truly not it's not built off being abrasive it's not um but at the same time like i'm uh, i'm a dominatrix that's where i come from right Mm -hmm. i'm I'm very comfortable with and and it's the same i approach me on the street i'm like why are you speaking to me (laughs) that's my answer love that (laughs) yeah yeah what do you want 10 second elevator pitch or get away from me and if i don't want an elevator pitch get away from me mostly maybe get away from me yeah good for you though well but that's also because i have built boundaries and i honestly was raised with boundaries and all that Mm. kind of stuff yeah it it is true like doms do have like for example i i don't do golden showers in sessions and um that's just something i decided i wasn't comfortable with yeah Um, i also haven't done sounding professionally i've done it personally but i honestly just don't think i have enough fucking experience because i know someone that's ripped some guy's dick open and i don't want to do that I'm sounding. Can, can we what just explain that? what I, like? What I know that? what sounding is, I but I think you're going to be in for a treat. <laughs> can you explain what sounding is? Yeah. So sounding is essentially uh, generally using a metal instrument, but not always to insert into the urethra of a man. Of men? Yes. And women actually can all be done on women. That's but good to know. Generally, it is men. Um. And it can be, it can vary the experience from painful to apparently having a internal orgasm, quotation, end quotation, um, in the sense that men are actually able to experience something from the nerve endings within their cock instead of just the far inferior nerve endings to a woman that they have on their cock. Good to know. Or in their prostate. So this is like different than a prostate, like... Oh, yeah. Well, it's, 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 I mean, it also depends. It depends on the experience. It depends on the person. It depends on all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, blood men are obviously <laughs> terrified by the idea. But, but sounding is essentially you get the dick and then usually you get hard and then you kind of honestly drop it in. And, like, that's a weird thing to say because it doesn't just fall in the sense of gravity. But you also can't push. That's exactly where oh, really? okay. happens. Yeah. Well, like, can't, like, what? Like that's, that's what I mean in the sense of like, like, like weird no god no oh my god be like a fucking soap bottle where you're like a like don't do that that's a bad idea that's what people do in VR but basically the idea is that the you know the the urethral opening is only so big mm-hmm. you know and essentially what you can do is you actually have sets where you go from small to large mm-hmm. and you can essentially slowly increase it and by the intensity oftentimes the pleasure can increase as well however the risk does as well yes, does. so that is something that I have actually done in my life same with needles like I don't necessarily offer needles professionally and I have done them with one client because he was like my regular forever and he is literally my punching bag and we have such a good relationship that I'm like I literally said to him I was like hi done this in my personal life haven't done it professionally think I'm at like a good 90% sure are you comfortable with this like is this a risk assessment that you're comfortable with 
You know, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm fine with that. He's also, like, an ex-military guy that I can really Oh, cool. So what is needles? What, what is that? Like, a, like oh, it's in the literally, audience? like, uh, it's called plate piercing. So it is very literally um, putting needles within and not below the third layer of the skin. So usually it's generally the second layer of the skin. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't actually remember all the fucking... But essentially what you do is it's like you know when you were a kid and you put the fucking Yes. Through the something. Yeah. That's exactly it's exactly that, but just a teeny tiny bit deeper. Okay. Um and essentially oftentimes it is one of the quickest endorphin highs that you can get. Good job. Okay. Um because it's 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 a sharp it, it's a sudden intense amount of pain that then stops and that's also a very key part of the endorphin rush is that you stop mm-hmm. because if you just keep hitting someone it's just it's it fucks them up but if you yeah. hit someone who want to stop basically all that endorphins that were just produced from that pain rush into their body right through their bloodstream so it actually takes like a good two minutes you know for your entire blood to like circulate through your yeah. body so um like piercing or play piercing it, it is also considered a bit of an edge play thing because oftentimes there's blood involved um, you know, so it's, it's just like, even as a dom, these aren't necessarily my limits, um, in a comfortable, like, I want to do these kind of way. They're also in a, like, a, I don't want to offer these professionally because I'm at 90%, not a hundred, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that like, I have my limits listed on my website. Okay. Oh, cool. uh, good. Yeah, yeah, like, so I have basically all of my kinks, and then I have all my limits, and also, like, as, uh, when you enter in my forum on my booking site, it is literally, like, what do you want to experience in this session, and then it says, like, what are your limits, and then also what are your health concerns, because, like, I'm a huge fan of peanut butter, and if you are allergic to peanuts, and then I stick my fingers down your throat. Yeah, bad times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might not end in good times. It's just an <laughs> anaphylactic shock. It's fine. <laughs> someone out here is going to come and be like, well, I have the kink because that's how social media works. One <laughs> <laughs> thing is that, like, I, I think that limits are also, I think what I'm trying to say is that limits, especially as a pro, go from being uncomfortable to being, I don't want to say incompetent, but not fully competent to offer that as a professional as a service. service. Yeah, 100%. Right? And so, I mean, I'm very lucky. I'm very... I find it very easy to enforce my boundaries because I love telling people to fuck off to the point where I I should I have actually told myself I need to shut my tongue up sometimes (laughs) because I'm like girl men are dumb like I mean you're not wrong (laughs) and I don't I don't want to say but like they it's not that they're stupid they're dumb right and so like you know, a lot of the times, and that's something that I especially get as a client, like, from clients, that sometimes clients say dumb fucking shit. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, like, to any client that is listening, if you come back with, oh, my God, I did not know that. I am so sorry that that is how it made you feel, mm-hmm. or I did not mean to express that this is what I meant. Like, if you own that mistake, I'm going to tell you right now, like, mistakes are human. Let's move on. Yeah. Part of being a dominatrix is telling men how to act. Do you know how you tell men how to act? By telling them what they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Right. This is my new profession. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, so you have to, as a dominatrix, be like, okay, I gotta correct men. I gotta teach them how to 
be better. Like that's literally yes. a huge part of my job, especially with long-term clients is like, well, how can I challenge you to be a better person and a better man? Um, but yeah, like sometimes I think that sometimes men just need to like, if you're, especially if you're coming from ignorance on it, just be yeah. like, I'm sorry. That's like, not I what didn't I meant. Know. Right. If you sit there and you said, I made a joke, I'm going to tell you, like, go fuck yourself. Good for you. Right? Mm-hmm. And, but again, like, you're too taking it too seriously. I'm like, oh! <laughs> well, also, the like, I'm sorry. If it's a joke, then it was a shitty joke because I'm not laughing. So yeah, I nobody's laughing. It. <laughs> yeah, so, seriously. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, so do you think, find your services are different with women? Like, do you find your, like, experience with women is different? So I want to say yes. Um, and I am going to say yes as a total answer. Okay. <laughs> I, I think part of my hesitation is that I don't want to put too much implication on gender. Okay. So I'm only going to speak to my experience rather than expectations or assumptions. Um, and I think that honestly, it's very similar to the ways that men and women in their stereotypical conceptions often <laughs> mirror the real world. Men are often far more sexually oriented. You get them hard, they're pretty much willing to do fucking anything. Not gonna lie. You get a man hard, you edge him a few times, he wants to come, he's fucking ready to do anything you say. Yeah. Pro tip to any woman listening, anyone that actually engages men. Not, I'm not gonna take that gender right out. <laughs> do you have a man just... Edge of, you yeah. got everything you need. <laughs> Women are a lot harder. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, in, in a similar sort of capacity where I think that a lot of times, like, their, their kink is still just as sexual, and I do not want to deny that whatsoever, because I think that oftentimes women's uh, sexuality does get kind of minimized. Um, but I have found in my experience that their kink often has to be more intimate and personal. Okay. Uh, I don't mean intimate in the sense of like sexuality per se, or even like like it's just there's there's a certain level of like you actually have to connect with a woman on a real kind of level, whereas yeah. most of the time you can kind of just use a man. And I, I know that sounds awful, but it's true. But it's you true, it's true, yeah. Because with a lot of women, like it's it's a mental aspect along with the physical aspect, right? So it's emotional. It's more That's emotional, true. yeah. Like I, like in my experience, like being with a man, it can can be significantly less emotional. And also, I've been with a transgender man who that needed to be emotional for him too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that was again different. He was a lot more body conscious, like ah, like I don't have the parts I want to have, yeah. but like I still want you to treat me a certain way. Versus, so it's interesting because yeah, like any woman. I've been with there has to be an emotional piece like it can't just be going in and like treating you like shit and like let's just have like dirty sex I that the women that have approached me are like I approached you because your you know personality trait personality trait personality trait Oftentimes, men are like you're so fucking hot great love oh, that <laughs> And, and I don't also don't want to say that, like, I also don't necessarily want to frame it as so black and white, because I have had many men that have come to me and been like, I, like, I have a lot of people that book consultations before they want to actually come into the dungeon and experience that, because they do want to get to know me, they do want to um, be able to 
develop an emotional connection. They want to know that I'm worth being vulnerable around, which I actually think is, I honestly have a lot of respect for. So I don't necessarily want to completely strip away any, because I also honestly have had men like break out into tears in our sessions. I have had men be incredibly emotional in our sessions. And I think that that is, um, like, I don't want to enforce that stereotype, but as a difference, I find that the vast majority of men are, like, their kink is far more dick-oriented. Right? Like, I find that women generally, they come and they get a lot of satisfaction from the event itself, and a lot of men are 100% the same way, and I'm not trying to say otherwise. But I do think that a lot of times, men are often more controlled by their sexuality. Okay. And this is something I say in my sessions, whether or not it's true or not, but I'm like, for me, it's very true. We're like, when I get horny, I get powerful. When the men around me get horny, they get dumb. And I love <laughs> that power distinction, yeah. right? But, like, when a woman around me gets horny, I'm like, oh, this is a whole different playing field. Yeah. You know, like, I can't just use your body to drain all that blood from one organ to the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, 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 it's not work. <laughs> And it's, uh, yeah, and it's, it's interesting because I've also had non-binary clients, I've also had transgender clients, and that's exactly why I don't necessarily want to steep too much of my answer into a particular gender, um, but I think that there is a difference, and I've also noticed that a lot more women are self-conscious about hiring me, okay. you know, and I get it because I think a lot of the narrative is female sex worker, man, client. Yeah. You know, but I also think that especially when it comes to kink, um, and I'm going to be honest with you, like, I've hired an escort, a female escort, like, I am super supportive of, you know, needing an experience that is either limited in some way or, you know, whatever. Um, but I do find that women are, are from our shy. And, you know, if, if you are listening and you want to see a pro, like, we, we love you. <laughs> but I'd love to see women also. They can take so much more pain. That's like Yeah. That's not surprising. <laughs> Literally, my husband would cry. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, let's stop. I think you saw those recent viral tweet that was, like, men um, wearing, it was, like, a cramp simulator. And I'm pretty sure it was actually just, um... Like period cramps? It's like a muscle, a muscle oh, yeah. yeah, like it makes your muscles cramp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, like, and it was, it was funny because, like, it was, like, I don't know, like, five men, women of each, you know, and all the men tried it and they all fell over and all the women were like, this is it? Like, this is but, fine. This is nothing. Yeah. And, and, and that was also just part of, like, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of men have um, a lot more stoicism. Okay. And I think that, you know, women on a scientifically studied basis, because we tend to have to survive childbirth, um, which is one of the most painful experiences that anyone can experience, women do have a higher pain tolerance, like, period. Like, in my yes. experience, period. Yeah. Like, period. <laughs> <laughs> not shocked. Uh, I'm not surprised. No, that does not shock me in the slightest. Also, women are braver, and that's something I will probably get flack for, but, like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that, too. I believe it, too. No, honestly, though. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that men aren't brave, because, honestly, like, also, especially if it's your first session, like, oh, my God, I have so much respect for you for showing up on that door. Could you not, like, yeah. oh, that, like that's so fucking terrifying. You, you book this thing, and all of a sudden you're going to go and meet some woman that you've never met and you're going to let her do all these terrible things to you 
uh, out of a pre- like a pretense that you can trust her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. True. Like, right. That takes some balls. Very negative experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I do. I don't necessarily want to say that men are brave. I just will say that I found that women are like way more like, yeah, I'll fucking do that. Yeah, let's go. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
And it can take many different forms in the sense that sometimes it's, you know, still encoded in that sort of DS relationship where they might be giving me a foot rub, you know, and we're just chatting. And it's casual, but it's still very much like a DS relationship. Yes. Um, sometimes they just kind of like cuddle up my feet and honestly just kind of like lie there. And like, that's cool too, because if, if you just kind of need that, um, like downtime, downtime, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like also just a little bit of, and, and also I will say that the way that you kind of organize a bit of a session is that, you know, you, you warm up slowly, you reach a peak. And then you don't just end really at that peak. You kind of kind of come down like DS time. Yeah. And also, I'm not going to lie, if it's a man, it really depends on if he comes or not. Um, because usually when a man comes, it's over. Fair. Uh, a few times. A few times that has not been the case. But um, And oftentimes, it can honestly just be hanging out with people. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I think that's also really important, especially if someone carries a little bit of shame or some sort of, like, why is this my sexuality? Why is this my identity? I think it can often be important for, you know, me to start the session as this bubbly, hey, do you want water? Okay, we're into it. And then end the session the same way, right? So that you start the session as just two people, and then everything that happens in between is the experience. Um, Some people need very, like, I need to eat. That's my thing. Like, and, and people ask me that, like, as a pro, I'm like, what's your aftercare? And I need to fucking eat. Like, literally, yeah. it's so weird, too, because I'll be in my outfit, and I'll be, like, having a great time, chatting away. The second that I close the door after the client leaves, I'm like, I'm freezing and hungry. What happened? <laughs> like, and, and I, like, to the point where many of my regulars know to bring me snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's a longer session. Yeah. Crackers and cheese because you're hungry now. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, like, even if it, like, it's a very physical experience some of the time because I'm, like, I'm going to tell you, um, a flogger, the exact same motion as a uh, skip rope. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, I do a three-hour impact play session by the end, every single arm is sore. I'm like, I don't work out, guys. Like, please. (laughs) Well, to the point where that's why I'm so good with my left arm is because my right arm gets tired. (laughs) You're like, and I need some snacks. (laughs) And I need some snacks. (laughs) And like, and and that is why, like, I love to cook. That is literally why I introduced this package, like the the I'll beat you and feed you package. Yeah. I will. We can book like a one hour, two hour, three hour, whatever hour session. And then book, like, an extra hour of me cooking, because most of the time, that's what I want to do. I want to just hang out and eat. But I think it is also, and I wrote a blog uh, post about aftercare as well as a professional. I think that there's two things as a client that you can approach. Is that one, if you're new and you don't know what the fuck you want, just give yourself 10 minutes. Just give yourself 10 minutes, and if you want to leave, just accept that you paid for those 10 minutes, and you wanted to leave. You learned something from that. That's enough, right? If you are a client and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm fucked up. Like, and, and that's also the thing is that there is such a thing as sub drop. Yep. And that's something that's really difficult to deal with in the pro community because I honestly believe as a dominatrix, as a pro that you are hiring for a service, that's not inherently my responsibility. It's something I care about. 
it's something I'm more than happy to help handle. Mm-hmm. Um, but self-drop is essentially this idea that, you know, when you are physio- physiologically brought up, if you're not brought down properly, you crash. Mm-hmm. Right? And so people experience this in different ways. They didn't do good enough anxiety sobbing like I have had people be very very depressed the next day because honestly if you've ever done a drug like MDMA not entirely a dissimilar experience where your physiology goes up you have all this shit going on the roller coaster has to come down um and I think that if you're a new submissive you have absolutely new bottom you have absolutely no responsible to know how you're going to react you just have to be responsible for giving yourself space to learn how you're going to react um, and I think that if you are knowledgeable, that's the thing is I have clients that are like, I want to plan until five minutes before and I want to take that shower and get out. And like, they don't even know that. I know that because I played with them before. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there are other people that literally will book me for a half hour because they don't want to go through this super physical experience or super emotional experience, super intense experience. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. And then leave. Right. Because like, like even completely parallel like imagine having a, a giant emotionally intimate discussion with someone and then them just getting up and standing and walking off yeah no like you you need closure right like closure yeah, yeah. to chat exactly. about the weather for a second if that's what you need then that's what you need exactly and like yeah. at the end of every session i'm always happy to chat for like three to five minutes like that's always a part of what's going to happen no yeah. matter what but that's exactly why I kind of I pushed it back a little bit towards the client because it's not that you have to know what you want, but ultimately you're paying me for a service. Yes. You are paying me for a service, and you don't necessarily get extras from that service. That also doesn't mean that I'm an unempathetic bitch. Yeah. Like, if, if, like I have had clients that I see all the time that will come to me and they'll be like, I feel kind of sad today, and that's fine. Like, I am so happy to be supportive about that. I've also had clients that will come see me and then they sub drop every single time they leave. Okay. And then they expect hours of emotional labor mm-hmm. after our session. No. Yeah, both of you are shaking your head and I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's the thing is that, like, I do think that aftercare is so important. I think that it is often not discussed enough in the pro community. I also don't think that it's my responsibility to decide for every fucking client what they need. Yeah. And that's exactly why I introduced that package. So that it is still paying for my time, Mm -hmm. but it is cheaper because it's, it's, I think, something that is important. And if you know that you need it, it will usually make your experience better. Yeah. And especially if you need to process it and you don't have anyone else to talk about it with. Like, some people like to say, like, I had no idea I was going to like that so much. What the fuck? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck, but it was fun. So let's yeah. do it again next time. And, like, that in itself can be so validating for Ooh. someone that's like, why do I want this? And it's like, okay, well, this person that I respect also wants it. Yeah. That's valid. That's really good. And yeah. is that the beat you and feed you package? Or like, <laughs> what is well, that? that was part of it. Because so that's like, one of them, right? Well, she had said basically that you can book the an additional, I think you said half hour, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Just self-care. And which I think is great because it's a service, honestly. Like you come in to have like a service as a dominatrix and then you also need an additional service for aftercare. And that's on mm-hmm. you as the client to know what you need and book what you need. 
right? Because and it's that's exactly it. And that's why after that's the first what, one, you include good. it. Exactly. Like if a client is the first time they've ever been there, I usually give the kind of ten. Like usually you do end the session like like five to ten minutes before because mm-hmm. most people want to shower. Like yeah, if there's loose stuff that should be picky. Like you want to clean up after all that. Um, but that's exactly it. Like I do think that it is a very important service, but it is still a lot of emotional labor. Like on oh, you, right? Because you're taking that energy in from that person and trying to calm them down. But that's also hard on you. As, as so, what do you do? <laughs> so that's, that's a good good segue basically so after a session or say after after other than eating other than eating basically what does your self-care look like after you've had a particularly intense session or not even intense just a regular old session how do you look after yourself it's interesting because as a lifestyle dom i really had to learn how to create boundaries and borders okay. around being a pro so that is something that I think also comes with experience is that I, I, I think in my earlier days, sessions used to affect me a lot more. Okay. And now I have a lot, enough experience to kind of put my own experience within a border in the same way a lot of the clients do. Okay. That being said, my personal way of doing things, and I don't necessarily recommend it, is that I go, 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 and then I'm like, fuck all of you, I need to not talk to you for a week. Fair, though, right? Like, you need well, to I'm actually saying that that's a super positive method, but it's honestly just the way that my energy works, is that oftentimes I am like, I, and, and that's also a weird thing, is it honestly depends on the session, because sometimes I leave a session and I'm like, I'm a fucking goddess, <laughs> pay me for this, I'm a fucking, what? Like, my <laughs> life is awesome, holy yeah. And other times I leave a session, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, someone just had to lick my armpit. And, like, I'm not even <laughs> not, it's funny even that I'm not into that. I'm yeah. Like, like, it's just, like, the, like I'm actually thinking of a very particular session where a man could not get off and kept being like, just just another minute, just another minute. Like, I'm like, I left that, and I was like, okay, this feels like work. <laughs> this, you know, is this, work. Yeah. <laughs> this is work. This is work. work. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, like, in that session, I think that there's one of two things, is that one, um, desexualizing myself. Okay. Well, not gonna lie, taking a day to be in my pajamas, not wearing a bra, not wearing makeup, maybe even being a little stinky, who knows? There you go. Like, <laughs> not gonna lie, desexualizing myself is very important. Mm-hmm. Um... And I think also taking time for my personal kink is very important because as a lifestyle dom that went pro, it's very similar in the way of like if you're an escort and you're providing full service sex work, you know, you you, you need to also be able to enjoy sex in your yeah, personal and I mean, it's the same way with kink. So like, you know, if I if I'm pouring out so much energy and that doesn't necessarily mean that I always, like, have a submissive to explore that kink with. It's not necessarily something that's always accessible. But, for example, if I'm pouring all of this energy into dominating someone in the way that they want to be dominated, because, again, mm-hmm. customer service as a paid profession, maybe I want to come home and get a foot. Yeah. You know, like, it's... And 
there's those things and I think also like being emotionally aware okay you know like I'm now that I'm many years in I know when I need a break mm-hmm. and that break isn't necessarily I hate my job it's I don't have any fucking energy to do this yeah. and I'm gonna hate it if I do yeah you're burnt out, right? You're burnt out. Yeah. You need a break. Yeah. Just like I think about myself as a therapist. I'm just like, there's some times when I come home and I'm like, nobody fucking talk to me. Just leave me alone. Leave me the fuck alone. I don't answer my phone. Poor M doesn't get a text back for like three days. And she's like, do you hate me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I just can't. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. No, like, and that's honestly one of the things I'm going to say um, as someone who also has like ups and downs emotionally. Like, very literally, um, that is important to me as a sex worker. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that I control, the fact that I can be like, I need a fucking week off. Like, yeah. I don't need, I just, I just need a week where I don't see a single penis. That's all it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> just peace. No penises, just peace. <laughs> like, Uh, you know and that is something as a sex worker but it also means that i can bring my best yeah Yeah. honestly i'll be very real with you like i have contacted a client before and i have said to them i am having the worst mental health day i have no emotional energy and i respect you enough that i don't want you to pay for this subdued version of me Mm -hmm. that's not something you can do in most professions yeah well, I mean, the, people have mental health days. Like, yeah. I know I've called in and had a mental health day. So it's kind of like calling into a mental health day. Like, I've called clients and said, I'm not going to be present for you today. That's, but, but, but also, that's like, that's your boundary that you've owned. Mm-hmm. 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 You know? And I think that that's something as a sex worker, that like, like my job is really fucking diving into people's emotions and their physical state. Like, that is... And, and I think that's something that you really need to own, you know, mm-hmm. being like, I can't do this today. I woke up, I can't do this today. Or also, like, you know, like, I, I have my own mental health. Yeah. Like, you know, like, um. so yeah, like, I think that a huge part is honestly knowing how to take care of yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like, that's the, that's the first step, because, like, I know mm-hmm. for me, it's eating. Like, yeah. I, I want That's so grounding, though. Eating is so grounding. Oh, and it's not even good food. I want, like, a McChicken from McDonald's. Yeah. Like, I, I want, like, to the point where once my client bought me a $15 McDonald's gift card because he was like, I know that after this you're going to go to McDonald's. <laughs> I was like, and, and that's also the thing is that so many, especially as a dominatrix, like, and I want to impress. That's part of my yeah. mind. But sometimes a $15 gift is better than a $500 gift because they're like, I know you want McDonald's. <laughs> and you're like, I love that. <laughs> like, I actually want that McDonald's more than I want that pair of shoes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's honestly self-awareness. I think that so much about pink is just is, is giving yourself the grace to learn and communicating mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once you know, communicating what you know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. I think that um, what I've learned from you so far is that this, and, and what I would say to anyone who asked me, this honestly sounds like all other jobs. 
Not to be rude. <laughs> but it literally sounds like when M has had a shitty day or has had a long week and needs a weekend off. It sounds like when I've had a long week and need time off. It really kind of sounds like every other job. Yeah. It's just it's different. different yeah, it's like just different work. That's the thing is like I took a skill set that I have that is mm-hmm. very unusual that comes with a subset of risks that comes with a subset of things I can't do in my life. I can probably never be a politician. I can never be a teacher. Um, you know, there are definitely things that, especially being a face out sex worker and facial recognition ramping up like 100%, this is still a job. Yes. Yep. I wake up and it's great because it's a job that I have so much control over. Yeah. Um, but it is a job. Like, and, and I actually remember one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from someone. It was from Latex Barbie. And anyone listening to this, look her up. She's fucking fantastic, especially if you like clips that are in Latex. Um, and she, I actually booked her for a consultation um, in terms of like transitioning to online throughout COVID. And she, one of the best things she ever said to me was, if you treat it like a job, it's going to pay you like a job. That's good. That's good advice. That echoes in my head on a weekly basis because you know all of those things aside. Yeah, I can take a week off, whatever. Um, if I treat it like a job, it makes me money like a job. If I treat it as a little side thing, it makes me money like a little side thing. And mm-hmm. that is the thing is that like part of my job, like the actual dungeon. So for a single hour of a client. First and foremost, um, you do a half hour of prep and a half hour of cleaning. Yeah. You know, so first and foremost, I'm there for two hours for a one hour session. Now the dungeons are central. Um, so it takes usually 30 to an hour to get there. Holy right? Okay. So, so, you know, the one hour session kind of turns into this four hour event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, like, it's, it's the amount of labor that I do. I have a website, you know, I have social media. I spend a ridiculous amount on photo shoots i spend a ridiculous amount on outfits and i'm not trying to be like i just mean in the sense that there's actually so many aspects of this world like i hadn't i didn't know how to run a business until i did this okay right and it really is a business your your website is is impressive like it's really good oh you know what's impressive taxes Like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing. It's a job. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it is. 100%. I make my website. I have to be attentive to SEO. I have to market. I have to report every single income that I ever generate, even if it's like 12 cents. I still yeah. have to report it. Like, it is very, and that's exactly where it comes back to, right? Like, I am a full time dominatrix. It took me approximately I started kind of eh, whatever this is kind of a thing I'm kind of broke let's do it every once in a while you know about three years later I was like holy shit and for me it's a passion project like for yeah. me it it, it 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 relates to my mental health in the way that if I'm super depressed don't want to go online and be super sexy and powerful no but i think what you're like what i'm hearing anyways is that it is a job like we have jobs like this guy has jobs like this guy has jobs like our husband has a job like it's a job and i think that i i hope for you that you are always 
respected, like you are an employee and an employer at your job, and you're an entrepreneur. Actually. You're an entrepreneur. Yeah, like this is a business, and this is your business. Uh-huh. And I, yeah, <laughs> and I think that's it's like super badass because there's a lot to business owning that is not just the work. It's the like the taxes, marketing. it's the marketing, it's the yeah, the photos, Accounting. the account. Like, oh my god, like yeah, no like, freaking way. It's all. And I will also say that as a sex worker, I had to learn so much of that backwards. Okay. Well, I imagine you didn't go to school for business. <laughs> I didn't. I, right? I, yeah. I literally have no post-secondary education whatsoever because I was too ADHD to ever fucking figure it out. So, literally, like, exactly that. Yeah. It, it is very much a job. There are so many days where you're like, eh, there are going to be days where you're like, I fucking love this job. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I was in the restaurant industry. Um, and I don't necessarily want to make that like, oh, it's so much more exploitive because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to dismiss the aspects of the sex industry that are exploitive because they are there. And I don't necessarily want to push the sort of like happy, not, hmm, how do I say this? I think that there's so much stigma against our industry that anything negative about it that we say is used against us but it's still important for other sex workers to hear yes because we don't necessarily show that on social media but we all need to know that that's what we're going through and what i will say though is that it's funny because again i have a lot of privilege so i don't necessarily want to speak for all sex workers but um like I do have a lot of control, right? I have far more control than I ever did when I had a boss. Like, I even, you know, like, I could take a mental health day off. I couldn't take a mental week health off. Yeah. You know, and so, like, these are things that sex work, and it's interesting also because you do see that a lot of sex workers are actually neurodivergent. And it's interesting how many of us run our own business because nine to five does not work for us absolutely yeah um but i will say that also like if you are a, a new sex worker listening to this in any capacity go take a tax course it'll save you so much fucking trouble i'm saying <laughs> that from someone that had to go backwards mm-hmm. please like i did it do legally it. just do it like just like literally <laughs> even uh youtube like i don't even care just educate yourself on mm-hmm. something because i was like oh my god i'm making money and then tax season came and I was like, oh shit, I made money. Yeah. <laughs> and that is exactly the thing, though, is that I think that a lot of people get into this industry and very few people, they don't intend to launch a business. Mm-hmm. I didn't intend to launch a business. My original name was Lilith Hayes, right? I thought that was a great name because whatever, it was cute. Lilith is the mother of monsters. Hayes was actually a reference to Dolores Hayes, which is the... Um, uh, protagonist of Lolita and the reason that I did that is because she is considered to be so innocent but she is actually not and that's not to say any commentary on how ethical that book is otherwise or not I just like the fact that she had this kind of uh, sweetheart status so I called myself that because I was like this is a great name you know three years later and I'm trying to fight for SEO there's like 17 doms called Lilith. Right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody starts this business, I don't think, the same way that you would start a coffee shop. Yes. <laughs> right? Fair. Yeah. Yeah, totally fair. So now 
you are Mistress Augustina. And how do people find you? How do people book with you? How do they get to know you? How do they search you up? How do they learn about your rules and your how you do your business? How do they find you? Um, first and foremost, mistressaugustina.ca is a great place to start. Um, you can also go to mistressaugustina.com if you don't remember well enough because they're both going to redirect you to me. There you go. However, uh, I have spent a lot of time in terms of my website and I've also tried to use my website as partially educational as well. That is something that I want to expand in the future. Um, but ultimately that really is my services. Okay. okay. Uh, I think that, and I'm actually not going to speak for just myself on this one. I think that if you honestly really want to get to know a sex worker that you would like to book and they have Twitter, start there. Okay. Because a lot of my Twitter is branding. A lot of my Twitter is also me just being my ridiculous ass self. And I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now, like I have literally on Twitter posted the books that I've read and it's gotten like six likes, whereas a photo will get like over 200. Yeah. And I will have someone book me. Because I posted their favorite book. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. That's yeah. what happened. That's yes. cool. And so that's something that I came to learn is that oftentimes so much of my most popular stuff isn't actually why people book me. And so if you want to kind of get to know, like, my Instagram is not necessarily as authentic. It is often, I do a lot of uh, fetish modeling. I have a lot of professional photography. I love that. It's an art form to me. I want to present yeah. that. That's what my Instagram is for. It's, you know, sometimes I'm in the stories ranting about shit without makeup on in my pajamas. Yeah. That's when you kind of get to know me. There you go. Right, right, there, there is sort of that. And, and I will say that, um, you know, a lot of times when people want to expose themselves, they also want to kind of see a little bit of who you might be. So in terms of um, just plugging myself, because I'm going to do it. Do it. Do it. Yay. Uh, would be the primary source of information and also just to find out all of my services online or otherwise. Okay. Otherwise, in terms of in-person domination is currently subject to the COVID-19 flow. Um, hoping to get vaccinated very soon so that I can be a little bit more open. But, you know, it is part of that process right now. I have, you know, opened up on a lot of different websites, OnlyFans, AVNs, ManyVids, I, I Want Clips, blah, 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 blah. Similar thing on my website, you can access all of those things. And also, like, um, you can even just click, like, online domination. Um, and I think that's also actually one thing that's kind of cool about COVID is that it forced a lot of people to expand their business for better yeah. work. And there's a lot of things I found out that I enjoyed that I didn't think I was going to enjoy. <laughs> Making clips. A year ago, hated it. Now, so much fun. There you go. Um, so those are ways that you can find me in terms of social media. I believe it is on Twitter, serve, at serve Augustina. And then Instagram is at Augustina Portfolio because they deleted Serve Augustina and ruined my consistency. Goddamn Instagram. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even care about the account. I care about the username. I'm like, just give me the username just back. Give it back. <laughs> give it back. Give it back. I need it. All of my social media can be uniform. Yeah. yeah. I would feel the same way. Oh, and then you so have a, sorry. I know. And then you have a backup Instagram account as well, just in case your main one gets um, taken down, right? Yeah, that's called Not Augustina, just to fuck with you. <laughs> there we go. That's amazing. I, I actually it. saw that following our account, and I was like, 
it, she's been hacked. And she was just like, and I was like, no, 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 it's in. <laughs> like when my account got deleted and I switched to my backup account which was Augustina backup until I switched it and I was like what's my new backup going to be called and I was like I'm just going to play a joke on Instagram and say it's not Augustina <laughs> <laughs> okay not Augustina we're so so glad that you were able to give us tons and tons of um, information today yeah. and lots of education and, and open oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we love it we love it yeah I know it's super awesome and so we're, we would love to have you back again sometime yes. but it's perfect. I would love to come back. Yeah, we okay. really enjoyed this. This has been super fun. So if you want to find us, so you can find us at La Petite Mort Pod on Instagram, not on Facebook because it's a little spicy and boring. <laughs> um, you can also stream us on Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, CastBox, and whatnot at La Petite Mort Pod. Um, and you can also email us at lapetitemortpod at gmail.com if you've got any questions, concerns, fun listener stories that you want to send in. And until next time, when in doubt, lube it out. And ready to roll. Bye. When in doubt, lube it up. I am going to so hardcore follow that message. <laughs> When in doubt, lube it up and write a will. Lube yeah. it out and write lube a will. Out and write a will. As the fuck water bottle says, when spit and courage aren't enough. Yes, I know. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs>